Production. Recorded live. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Cotton, the softest voice in poetry, and you have Miss Blonde Love on Talk to Me Tuesdays. Tonight, our topic is how are we raising our children today versus how we were raised. And when I say we, I mean, I was born in 69, so... Go back there. That's what we're going back to. We're going to talk about that. Because I think we had a great discussion the last time, uh, right, Londa, with regards to how our children are today, opposed to how we were raised and how they're being raised today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe, um, well, you can see the difference in how children are being raised nowadays. You know, we was expected to be very respectful. Some um, of my friends were raised, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You know, you couldn't interrupt an adult. You couldn't voice how you felt. Um, you couldn't have an attitude. You know, you had to really check yourself when you were around the adults. Nowadays, kids, uh, they can voice their opinion. They can talk back. Uh, they're very rude kind of disrespectful, you know, an adult could walk in a room, they could still play their music loud with cuss words, you name it. So, you know, back when I was coming up, I was born in 1972, you know, you would have got beat down for real. You know, first of all, you would have thought about what you were doing before you even did it. And if you got caught, that was a beating right there. So, yeah, a lot has changed in 43 years. So it just uh, catches me off guard sometimes. You know, I look at how kids respond to their parents, and I have to think to myself, like, you're not going to say nothing, you know, and they try to be friendly with them before. You know, parents like, I don't care if you're mad at me or not. You go out in public, I'm going to embarrass you if you embarrass me. Nowadays, kids will embarrass their parents. And they get away with it. You know, they still get rewarded. They get clothes. They get shoes. And it's no boundaries for some of them. You know, and I even hear parents defending their point, like, oh, I can't punish them for everything. But some stuff does deserve that punishment. You know, talking back, being disrespectful, not getting good grades, not trying even stuff as simple as doing chores around the house. I've noticed a lot of kids don't do chores like we did and have to get them done. If we didn't have them done, that was an automatic whooping, and you was going to be up all night cleaning. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely changed um, from when we were coming up. You know, we had a lot of rules, and we had to follow through on them. And we had consequences. I think a lot of kids nowadays, they lack uh, those consequences. You know, they get away with doing wrong stuff. They might get talked to. Some get hollered at. But for the most part, anything pretty much goes until the parents really get fed up. And that takes a lot. Uh, Yeah, so what were some of the uh, things that you had to deal with? Growing up, like what kind of discipline did you all receive? Uh, 
Hello? I'm here. We might have lost time. Okay. Yeah, so what kind of discipline did you all receive growing up? Oh, girl, I don't know. It's just special <laughs> education ran out, right? So, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> My mom, when she got, I mean, she got pissed off enough, I got extension cords, which I know a lot of kids did. Got, the extension cord was the friend, but I was a very quiet kid, so I didn't get in trouble a lot. Most of my trouble, I got in trouble because of my brothers. Because I was the oldest and I had to watch out for them. So if they did something wrong, I got in trouble. Not that I got in trouble. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so to this day when I see them, y'all owe me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I had a chance to hang out with my siblings this weekend. Um, my brother did a play, so we all came out to support him. And one of the things we discussed when we were all together taking pictures, my youngest brother, who stayed in trouble, you know, got the most whoopings, he would always get us in trouble. You know, of course, being older siblings, you were always in charge. And it went in that order, the oldest and the next oldest and whoever's behind them, then me and my brother. And he stayed in trouble. You know, we would wake up. You know, parents going to work, and he would be gone out of the house. And that means he wasn't dressed with whatever my mother left out for him. And when he would come back, of course, it was like, why did you all let him go out? And it was like, when we woke up, he was already gone. So, of course, we were punished for things that he did. So we were constantly, you know, whenever our parents went around spanking on him, trying to punish him ourselves, so he used to tell us all the time when he get older, some heads was going to roll. <laughs> but our parents held us accountable even for stuff that the other siblings did. Like, say, for instance, if somebody didn't do something or did do something and nobody told, then, of course, everybody got a whooping. And I used to think that was so unfair, but we were so afraid of my older brother that, you know, we would just keep, you know, that secret in, and he was just, like, in control. So back in the day, uh, the discipline was a whole lot stricter. You were expected to follow the rules. Um, you were expected to uh, comply, follow through with no questions asked. So uh, nowadays, you know, we hold each individual child accountable just for themselves. You know, nobody gets to look out for each other. I think that's another issue that, you know, a lot of kids nowadays don't have, that whole accountability thing. So it's changed. It's definitely changed. You said your brothers owe you. <laughs> They do, because I'm the oldest. I got it so sometimes because of the little boys. Lord have mercy. That's all I'm saying. But there is a difference. Like, the way that my mom, I wouldn't dare use an extension cord on my children. Would not. Yeah. But that was my mom's method, you know. Uh-huh. I am the, I am the, I'm, I'm going to give you, like, four warnings. After that fourth warning, just know that you're about to get it. <clears throat> Now, however you're going to get it, you just don't get it. I've even gone, like my daughter will tell you, like she posted on Facebook the other day, 
I have gone so far as to tell them, tell her to pack her bags. Pack your bags because I'm going to show you that the grass mm-hmm. ain't green on the other side. Let's let's go. Right. And I'm going to sit outside I think in, I in the front porch for about an hour. I wasn't playing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, that did, but that kept her, it wasn't just that that kept her from moving differently, but watching her <laughs> friends run over their parents and have no respect for their parents is what made her then eventually understand that you're you're going to respect me. I don't care if right. I'm 2,000 miles away. I'm coming for you. You know, I could I right. could tell my kids, they could be with their dad, and I could tell them I'm coming to whoop them if they don't get in, get in the corner. I have more control over my children than the person that was standing right in front of them. And in my opinion, that's how it should be. Nobody else should be telling you how to raise your child if you're raising your child right. Right. I totally agree with that. I don't see that. My daughter would tell any adult if they had something to say to her, she would tell them, you need to talk to my mom. Because no adult should mm-hmm. be talking to another child without their parents present. Now, if they're getting right. out of line, you take them to their parent. Where, where your dad at? Because we're not going to have it. Right. That's what they used to do. You used to could whoop the mm-hmm. other kid and then take, here, I seen her downstairs with her hands up in the air, and so I spanked her butt. Oh, did she? And you're going to get another spanking right. from your mama because she, she, you 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 travel, period. Don't do that anymore. Uh-huh. That's why you got little girls on buses cussing out grown men. That's why you got young boys uh-huh. cussing out older women and being disrespectful because uh-huh. it's not the same. It's very different. Right. I can't. Yeah. My mother can yell at me right now, and I might start crying. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I hope she don't. But I'm just saying, it's that respect that I have for my mom to know that if she says something to me, that I need to respect her still to this day. Right. Oh, yeah, it's definitely changed. Even like now, you know, my mother get ready to speak, you know, we get a little quiet. And it's kind of like like her presence is just command that silence, you know. We know when she's serious. But... um Kids nowadays, parents tell them to be quiet and he's still talking, still talking, still talking, going back and forth like um, a friend of mine was saying, like, oh, I got into it with my daughter. And I'm like, got into it? Who gets into it with a child? <laughs> you didn't uh, put, put the fist down on her? And she was like, oh, we got into it. We, you know, had a couple words. And then I had to put her out. And I'm like, wow, really? That's unheard of where I come from, getting into it. With your kids. So, yeah, I'm, I was just blown away by that, you know, that whole scenario. You know, they talk back. They do what they want to do. Um, it's like no discipline, no rules, no boundaries. And they still live, live up under their roof. I'm like, no, there's absolutely no way in the world this could be going on in my house and I'm just, taking it, you know. But, yeah, but it comes from that lack of discipline, lack of training, 
lack of whatever you want to call it, um, parents discipline their kids and set those boundaries. They want to be friendly with their kids. You know, they don't want the kids to be angry with them. You know, if I tell her no, she's not going to talk to me um, or he's going to ignore me. If I tell him no, he feels like I'm not going to, I'm not, uh, giving him what he needs, like um, a close family relative. And he said he's one of those kids that can go away. So I can for her, letting him do this in the neighborhood. He was already going to an excellent school outside of the neighborhood, so he had potential to do well. But she would let him hang out with the neighborhood kids. They were getting in trouble. So I will never forget the last time we talked to her. It was something as simple as making him pull his pants up. And she's like, oh, if I, you know, don't let him do this, then he's just trying to fit in with his friends. And we're like, we understand all of that. But you can't allow certain things to go on. Like they were letting the students gamble and do other things, you know. Long story short, after we left from where they were staying, few days later, he got arrested. And from that first arrest, he's been going downhill ever since. You know, he's had three other arrests and just got home recently from being locked up maybe two or three years. But it was like that whole downward spiral because there was no discipline, you know, allowing him to hang out with whoever, allowed him to stay out late at night, and he was a kid, allowed him to gamble, allowed him to just do whatever, you know. And he learned the hard way. And it's like he just can't let that life go now. And she's suffering. So when that discipline is not there, not only do the kids suffer, but the parents, because you have to put up with their um, disobedience, them being locked up, and whatever else comes along with it. And I believe it's some psychological stuff going on as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's um, that lack of discipline can do a whole lot for a situation, you know. And when it's not there and the parents don't have any control, it's just complete chaos. I see it daily where I work working in one of the hospitals that's like in the heart of the ghetto and um a lot of it's a teen is teen pregnancy, a lot of S T Ds, a lot of you see a lot of people come in that's been arrested and parents just don't have any control. So it kinda makes you wonder like, hmm, it couldn't be raised the way we were raised. Yeah. And you said the kind of discipline that you were given was the extension cord. That sounds so harsh. <laughs> we had the belt in our home, the belt. And my mother's thing was, after the third time I told you, told you, you deserve that whooping. Yeah. Never experienced the extension cord, but I have experienced the belt. That um, discipline definitely has to be there. Um. I notice also when the question is raised, how are we raising our children today versus how we were raised? Um, we were just, the parents were just stricter. You know, they had 
standards. They had um, boundaries, and they expected you to go to school, be respectful, do your homework, um, those sort of things. But nowadays, you don't have that. I think a lot of kids are lacking majority of that. So what kind of discipline have you used with your own children, Cotton? You know, if I tell you that, we don't have to go off the air. After <laughs> sexual limitations ran out. <laughs> Wait like, a minute. You don't have, have to kill me. <laughs> but, you know, like I said earlier, I would do certain, and I whooped my kids, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I snatched <laughs> my kids. I, I would snatch my kids up in a minute. My son got, well, my oldest son, my youngest son, and he stays out of trouble. But my old, my oldest son, I, I would punch him in the chest if he got too out of line. Like, you're not, boy, <laughs> you better, and he was 10. Like, oh, you know, it, was, it wouldn't be me beating him, but he would get one good hit in the chest every now and then. To make him understand, I'm not playing with you, and you're gonna, right. you're gonna, you're not gonna be a punk, you're not gonna be a sissy, you know what I'm saying? So right. those are the kind of things. You, now, now my daughters, on the other hand, let's it, boy, if they was on the line, they have some stories to tell. So they were just talking about this the other day. Um, mm-hmm. My my oldest daughter, I've literally, I've had to put my hands around some necks. Let me just say that. Maybe, <laughs> Because I, love I say be that. quiet, and you don't be quiet, and I say be quiet again, and you don't be quiet, and then I say shut up, because now I'm pissed off, and you still don't shut up. So now we have a problem. We have a problem. Cause, because being a single mom is different. you got to play tough and compassion almost at the same time. I love you enough for you to understand you're going to respect me but you're also going to do what I ask you to do or as I say. Unless you want to, my daughter say, Mom, why are black women so extreme? If you don't wash my dishes, you got to get out. Like that's just how we are. We like that. Because we have to be more than just mom. It's a lot that comes with us, you know. It's a lot. We're not just mom. We're a lot of things. We're chauffeur. We're best friend. We're, you know, we're counselor. We're a spiritual guider. <laughs> I mean, we have so many different things. We're friends. We're more than just mom, you know. Right. We, we're in the discipline. We have to discipline. We have to have that. There has to be, but there can't be more discipline than you showing your child love. I do want to say that. That's true. I've, yeah. I've had... When I was married, my ex-husband he never would say much to my children unless he was unless he had something I could even say, really. Yeah. And I said, you you can't. And, and my thing is that I'm one of those moms. If you don't show my kids love, you can't discipline my children. Right. You can't because because first and foremost, they have to know that you love them. And not you're not in this because of me, but you're not just in this because of me, but you're in this because you care for them too. So when right. I see that there's more disciplining that wants to go on than love, I, you can't discipline my children. You don't. Right. I don't care if it's your own dad. Their their dad right. could not <laughs> discipline. No, you can't. You don't. You don't get a say. You know. Sorry. Right. You don't have. You've lost all authority. Sorry. 
Oh yeah. Like, absolutely. I, I went to court. <laughs> I went to court one time for my for my youngest daughter and her dad. My children have different dads, and he decided that after thirteen years that he's with a new girl. She talked him into taking me to court. We've never been to court before. I'm working. Mm-hmm. He's working. All he has to do is pay child support and visit his daughter. He decides to take me to court. We go to court. The judge says, Miss Campbell, why don't you feel that Mr. deserves joint custody? I said, Your Honor, because unlike him, I don't need somebody else telling me what to do and how to raise my child. I can do that on my own. In order for him to make a decision with me, he's got to consult with 10 other people. Then he'll come back to me with an answer. And I don't need 10 other people in my business because 10 other people wasn't laying there when I laid up and had sex with him and we conceived that child together. Last I checked, there was only two people in the room at the time. Right. And and the judge said, well, sir, is she lying or do you disagree? He rubbed his head and said, no, Your Honor. God, I said, you got me in this damn courtroom. I went off. I said, you got me in this damn courtroom. I didn't make no money today. As a matter of fact, I lost eight hours of work coming in here with this foolishness, dealing with you and your dumb, stupid baby mama. <laughs> I, went, I went off. I went you off. Went, you went completely off. <laughs> I did. And then uh-huh. he still had to pay more child support because the purpose of getting me in the courtroom was to try to decrease the child support, which didn't happen. Oh, so, Lord, my about that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's a whole other topic. But it's, <laughs> you, it's being a, and my daughter, it's funny because my daughter saw things that I didn't even have to tell her. She said, I'm glad you're not with my dad because my dad is not the kind of man that deserves deserves to be with you, Mom. Yeah. She said, if he wasn't my dad, I would tell you not to be with him. She said, if he wasn't my dad, I'd be like, why did you bring him? (laughs) Right. And that's funny. Oh, look, we got us a call, Northeast Illinois. Let me go to this line. Hello, caller. Uh, State your name, where you're calling from, and your uh, input on the subject. We're discussing how uh, we were raising, how we're raising our children today versus how we were raised. Uh, you have any input on the subject? I guess you must be talking to me. I was just oh, listening yeah. in. <laughs> but since it identifies where I am, Kim and I are listening Hi, in. Hi, how are you, ladies? Hi. Hi, Kim. And and, that, and of course you know my stance on that topic, um, the difference in how children are raised. I believe children now are not raised to be responsible mm-hmm. or respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things are so different now. Oh, yes, or even in church, they have too many choices as children when it comes down to important things. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we, and I don't think I know, we're seeing the breakdown in our society. I believe a lot of the violence and all the other things that go on uh, in the deterioration of our society is a direct um, result of how children are not raised. 
And often I've heard this phrase, especially when it comes down to, you know, discipline and you know, whoopings, the belt, and all that kind of stuff, uh-huh. is that was something that slave masters did with us, and we picked up that uh, uh, action from being slaves. And I said, it's amazing to me that most of us are much better people than these people who are talked to today. Right. And you know that saying, you um, train animals and teach children, mm-hmm. and it's a shame that your trained, non-intelligent dog is more obedient than your intelligently taught child. So something's wrong with that. And I think until we, we really get back to basics, and there's a difference in abuse and discipline. Until we get back to basics, we're going to continue to see a decline in our society. You know, the police can't deal with all of this stuff and no other government agencies. It starts in the home. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, Kim. Hi, ladies. Uh, basically, I wanted to say, too, that I was speaking with somebody about this topic the other day. I think as a, uh, speaking on African Americans, I think we walked away from the church because even in slavery, that was our uh, number one thing. You know, they prayed. Even the slaves, they couldn't read and write, but they always was in communication with God and was praying. And now, you know, people rarely go to church. They don't have moral values and you know, it's just a different level of respect, you know, that the children have. And I think, too, a lot of times because also the man has uh, walked away from his family, too. They're not they're not stand-up men, you know. They're making all these babies. They can't take care of it. They're frustrated. They go out trying to sell drugs or whatever to make ends meet. And it's just, you know, it's just a breakdown of the family, basically. Oh, yeah. So with you being in the education field, Kim, what do you see as far as, like, um, the difference from how you were raised to how kids are now? With me, well, actually, because I was was fortunate to have, like, both parents, you know, that stayed on me. Uh, My parents took me to church, and then when they stopped going, well, my mom did, and my godparents started taking me. You know, now kids that I work with, you know, I work with, like, really wealthy kids and at my preschool, or, you know, the children, are parents are doctors. They don't even go to church at all. So that's, like, the last thing. They into sports. They into different things. They level respect. Um, you know, kids have too much. You know, back in the day, me and my sister shared rooms. We didn't have our own room, plasma TVs. You know, they have a lot now, so they don't appreciate things or they don't respect things because they feel they got a spirit of entitlement. You know, they feel like my parents got to do this. Whereas with us, we shared everything and, you know, we played outside. You know, a lot of this technology has messed them up too, you know, Internet and 
different things that they shouldn't be doing and parents are so busy they're not bonding and spending time with their kids, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen that as well. One of my friends just commented on the post. He said it's too much internet, too much T V, you know, mm-hmm. too much outside influence and they soak all this information up and then you know, it's it may not be seen in the home with the parents, but they're seeing it at school, TV, Internet, and they're bringing that stuff home. And they so don't know how to do fun things. Everything is like, you know, I got to go to Fun Zone. I got to go to Great America. I got to go, you know, like back in the day, we played Red Light, Green Light. We ran out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, we did like different things outside. You know, that was free. You know, your parents were spending like $500 on your party. It's like the more they get, and my dad used to always say that sometimes the more you get, the less appreciative you are. And, you know, to a certain degree, I agree with them because it's like they have so much, you can't do like regular normal stuff with them. You can't go to the park. They're like, oh, we got to go here, we got to go there. It's money. Right. And if you don't yeah, have it, that puts pressure yeah. on the parents and the dad. Like, I, I can't do this for them. I can't buy them these Jordans. So, you know, most of the men, they want to go out, sell drugs, or do whatever because they want this life. Right. But you got to go back to the basics. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And two things that was mentioned was response, no, no responsibility nowadays and no respect and too many choices on important things. And... I've had this debate many times with people at work where they'll say, um, well, uh, I'll let my kids decide what they want to do. And I'm like, well, you're the parent. You know, you can't let them make a decision on important stuff like what school they want to go to, um, you know, (laughs) how much homework they want to get done. You know, you're the parent and you're responsible so um, I've seen, you know, things where the parents usually make decisions. Now the children are making decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, what time they come home, they don't have a curfew. They're pretty much out as late as they want to be and come in whenever. And the parents just really go along with that. And it's kind of like, wow, there's no boundaries. They can say certain things. Uh, they could talk back. Like if our parents, when I was growing up, when my mother gave us, oh, do the dishes or go to the store, if we did show any <laughs> sign of not wanting to go, one thing my mother used to say, she's like, you're not going to, she said, you're going to go to the store and you're going to like going to the store. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so, so it was never the thing where I have a choice of whether I should go or not or I could go. It was if, you know, you was given a command, you just had to get up and do it. So I do see a lot of that. And like I said, um, with the too many choices for important decisions, um, what time do you want to get up? Um, I don't know too many people. When I was growing up, you were just allowed to sleep late. Um, just do whatever. You had rules. You had to be up at a certain time. You had to be dressed. You had to clean up. You had to ask to go outside. You had to ask to go in the refrigerator. You had to ask for pretty much anything. Nowadays, children just do things, you know. 
and it kind of it still catches me off guard when I witness stuff like that because it's kind of like wow <laughs> you know this kid just got up and he just went in my refrigerator and I'm like what are you doing oh, I was hungry no he's supposed to ask so <laughs> yeah that's the kind of stuff that I'm seeing lack of responsibility uh, lack of respect um, no boundaries you know, they say certain things, it was certain words we could not say, like saying shoot was too close to the S-H-I-T word, you know, stomping your foot, uh, having an attitude in front of your parents, you know, smacking your lips, that was never acceptable. And nowadays, I'm starting to see this, you know, kids cursing back at their parents, little kids. I know it comes from the parents, but... It's like, oh, it's so funny, you know, now, but then later on it's, it's something completely different. But right. um, you ladies, thank you all for calling in. Stay on the line. We have a few more callers that I'm going to go to that I just see um, uh, logged in. So stay on the line with us. All right. Hello, Kansas. Is it me? Kansas. State your name, where you're calling from, and your input on the subject. Hello, hello, ladies. It is OM1, a.k.a. Osha Malik. What's good? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for comedy's best. Um, you know, that that's, that's a heck of a topic um, because um, majority, even with touching just home, my girlfriend just came off of, you couldn't say too much, especially in my house. My mom was the sheriff, the judge. Um, you get back mouth, back slapped, uh, shoe thrown at you, uh, beat with a bush comb or a brush, right. a nice, nice big, big handled hairbrush. Um, and that was for sucking my teeth or maybe closing the screen door too hard when she told me to come in the house. Um, right. You do that nowadays and beat on your kids. You got people that will call the cops on you for beating your kids. And O'Shawn still right. beats the kids. Um, my son, my daughter, my younger two, they know about Dr. Brown and Mr. Black. Those are my belts. Um, <laughs> I still try to keep it old school as possible. Um, where a lot of people oh, yeah. say that I'm manhandling my kids. I'm not manhandling them. I'm teaching my children respect, decency, and understanding. You know if you do something wrong, there's consequences. Um, just like right. if you steal a bag of potato chips or a stick of gum. They're going to call your parents once they get you picked up. But nowadays, they'll lock him up like your kid just stole 10 bars of gold. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the, the role reversal has been uh, shaped by society, not, not by the times, by society. Um, mm-hmm. Child support. You call All the beatings we got when we were little, you better not call no child support. That would be the last time your hand touched the phone. Um, right. Whereas though you have somebody to actually say, I seen her beating that kid in the car. Oh my goodness! And I thought she was going to kill that child. Now you got handcuffs for popping your own kid up. You know, uh, there's a lot of black men that are in jail now uh, for disciplining their children um, or some kind of uncertainties that now um, things are unsafe at home because of that, and it divides homes. It's anything to divide a household. Um, quote unquote where, like I said, I'm the discipliner, where my wife was the one that would talk to you. Uh, I call that the manipulation game. But you can only manipulate a child for so long till they get used right. to the manipulation. Where When I snatch off Dr. Brown and Mr. Black, 
ain't no manipulation. They already know what's happening. Uh, and my kids do the fold up. The arms go across the legs. My daughter jumps up and grabs something to throw over her legs, and she's five now. But they know uh, I, it's okay. not tolerated, um, and and it's a shame <laughs> because that's what majority of these children uh, need is to get their hineys beat. And while you have so many young men disrespecting these young women because they watch their young mom and young dad fist fight. So they feel that it's okay when mommy still got baby daddy or daddy coming to the house, spending that time. They're used to seeing that violence. So, it, you know, it still starts at home. So if you don't kick a bone out of somebody's butt, right. look what you're going to have to face. You know, children that want to fight their parents. Before they're 17, they want to fist fight their parents, like just somebody on the street. We need right. to still get back to how we were raised. But we feel so soft, I'll never beat my kid. And I'm going to give my child everything that I didn't have. So that means you're going to walk around and be broke with no soap to wash up with, no food to put into your belly for nourishment because you're trying to give your child uh, more mm-hmm. than what you mm-hmm. received. But you know your mom and them did the best they could. It wasn't about the much, the most or the much. It was just about what they could do for you. And, and that value has been lost. Like chivalry, it is lost, and that is horrible. It's horrible. So, you know, it, it, it really hurts my heart to even think that I can't beat my kids in public when they be acting a menace, you know. Um, but Right. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know why uh, society has changed that, but look at our children of society now. So, I mean, oh. you know, we, we we should really incorporate some of those old school laws. But, you know, everybody's mom is now grandmom, and they don't have the energy to beat the kids, let alone the energy or the capacity mentally uh, to fathom what these children are out here doing. You know, everybody used to go sneak in mom's room or, you know, you wait for them to go to work. Now you got people just having sex at grandmom's house because grandmom's not going right. to say nothing. You know, right. Grandma was the grandma was the one who used to kick your right. back loose. Now grandma's the one that done got soft as cotton, so it still right. stays in that home uh, facility, and that's terrible. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your input. Stay on the line. We have a few more callers that just called in, but stay with us, and we're going to get back with you. Oh, yes, ladies. Yes, ladies. Hello, Chicago. Uh, give us your name, where you're calling from, and your input on the subject. We are discussing how we are raising our children today versus how we were raised. Hello? Okay. Is, am, am I next? Yes. Hi. I'm Wanda calling from Chicago. Now, I just want to Hi, Londa. You know, I'm, <laughs> when you say old school, I, I'm 60 years old, so I'm not going to say I'm old school. But one of the mm-hmm. things that I listened to the young man prior is that when he talked about how society has shaped the way we discipline our kids. Well, mm-hmm. I have to say being raised up in the church at that particular time, I might not have liked it as a, as a young child, but as I got older, I understood the things that my parents were doing for me, and I instilled that into my child. Uh-huh. The thing I I think beating a child in public, I never like whooping, never. Uh-huh. And even growing up, my mother would always tell us that she was whooping us because she loved us. Right. All I could <laughs> say was all of that hurt 
and that anger that I seen on her, that did not always look like love to me. And for that reason, right. I, I, I wouldn't whip my child in the manner or even discipline in the manner that my parents disciplined me in. So my things was a little bit different. Even though I would say that I was a, a strict disciplinarian, it was not always about the hand going on the back or to slap him in the face or even to punish him out in public. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it because I didn't want society to tell me it takes a village to raise a family because when I was raising my child, I'm raising him by myself. So there was no society or there was no village at my door saying, hey, let me help you out. Yes, I had a lot right. of people in, in my in my community, and I'm saying in my family structure that was there and willing to help. But as far as nowadays, I, I, what I see is that there are a lot of babies that are having babies. And no one is True. teaching them the right way. You know, when it comes to the society of black America, we don't have that rites of passage. We're not teaching our daughters how to be that woman child or or how to take care of that family that she might have or even to say this is what family life is about. My son is 37 years of age. He's a minister, and I came, I'm not going to say he was, Perfect. There were some things mm-hmm. that I knew that he was doing, and I yeah I I got on him about it. And like I said, it wasn't always about a belt. It wasn't always about a switch or anything like that. Talking mm-hmm. to him, and a lot of times, and I think sometimes we just forget that. And I'm not saying we were friends because my thing. And I would tell my son, we can't be friends. You don't right. have a job. <laughs> I'm paying the bills. I am the one who's supposed to tell you what to do at this particular time. It's not easy in raising a child in this day and age. I realize that. But I think a lot of times, too, that we as black America, African American, whatever it is that you want to call yourself, we as parents need to sit down and really listen to our children and also monitor the things that are around them, whether it's their friend, their environment that they're in. Coming in, no, you can't come in my house any time that you choose to. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to take it back to church. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So if I'm getting up going to church, you're going to have to get up and go to church. Yes, you might have just came in from 2 o'clock. You might be 21 years of age, but you're still in my house. <laughs> you have to go to church. You can go to church to sleep. Right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there there are ways to do it. And I know a lot of times people will be even harsh on the church and say, what the church needs to do. Now, there are a lot of churches in the Chicago area, that a lot of storefront churches that need just as much help. So it takes mm-hmm. a parent, and it takes someone yeah. elder. You know, the Word of God tells us, you know, it's wise, the woman. We're supposed to be the elder woman. We're supposed to be the one to help a younger woman along the way. No, don't disrespect me, and I'm not going to disrespect you. And I think that's where it is. We lost disrespect in our community, you know. Okay. Yes, thank you for your input. And, Cotton, what do you have uh, to say on that information? What's your response? Hello? Why do we keep putting cotton on the side? I didn't already divulge too much information. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear it. So you're going to have to divulge yeah, a little yeah. bit more for me. Yeah. Yeah. This, is my, this is my co-host. But we, we've had like several points that was discussed, like what's uh, pretty much lacking nowadays versus how we were raised. And a few mm-hmm. things they said was 
no responsibility, no respect, too many choices on important decisions. Like I said, uh, um, kids making decisions on what they should, you know, what rules they're going to follow, where they're going to go, if they're going to school, and parents are just letting them do this. And then uh, the brother says society dictates how we do certain things. Which is true, then I got some other input online where they're sending children being influenced by the internet and you know, their peers think, at school. I think I think to keep blaming other people or other things for us not raising our just like just like there's that saying, in order for you to have a relationship with God, it's gotta start at home. You can't go mm-hmm. into the church thinking that they're gonna help you establish a relationship with God. You have right. to want to establish a relationship with God. I have four children that I raised by myself, four. Mm-hmm. No, 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 okay, you can go to auntie house and stay forever. No, my mama's around the corner. She's going to make sure that you guys know. Cotton had to figure a way on her own. Now, every, not every mom isn't like that, but what I'm saying is, is that I made the decision that I wasn't going to let somebody else tell me how to raise my kids. I wasn't going to let my children get out there in the street and be stupid and do stupid things. My son, who is 27, has been stopped by the police a few times in the suburbs because that's where we lived, and not once was he arrested. Not once did he behave badly. Not once did he mouth off. He got stopped one time, and the police officer said, ma'am, he was more afraid of what you was going to do than what I was going to do, and I had him in handcuffs. Right. But because he knows <laughs> that when he gets home, mama's going to play that. So when when it comes down to it, no matter who you are, and this is what I say about women, I try not to, I try not to go here, but women are everything. And when we break from that, when we, mm-hmm. when we deviate from being women and being mothers and being the caretakers and being the supporters, and, and, it's, a, and it's a lot, but when you, when you decide to have a child, you become everything. And if you've got a husband or a man, now you've got that extra job to do or that extra responsibility that's on you. So I can't place blame anywhere else. But yeah. with me, when something goes wrong yeah. with my children, because I taught them, they if they were on the line, they would tell you right now. I taught them certain things in certain ways. Of life. I taught them the Bible. I taught them that if you're gonna, you got to be get out there and you got to be strong in what you do. You can't do this and that. So any mistakes that they've made in their life, they can't say they didn't know. They just decided to do something different. Not because of society. But because that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. So you, my kids will not be able to tell you that, oh, I saw it on TV, that's what I decided to do. No, I will. Right. Can I say kick your ass? I will kick your ass. And I said that to my children. I, I sat down and had to talk with my children when they were 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. I said, baby, it's going to come a time when you're going to challenge your mom and I just want you to know ahead of time, when you do, just pack your shit and get to going because that's going to be the day that I whip your ass, okay? And see, mommy is not afraid to go to jail because you're going to respect her. Right. Because I'm going to get out. And when I get out, I'm coming for you. 
on how we were raised versus how we're raising our children. Biggest difference is is that we're not as consistent as our parents were. Our okay, our parents be to me our parents were more consistent and 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 keeping us on track, keeping us on the right track. It was you know certain things we didn't even listen to in the house, you know, with right. our parents growing up. You know, and I just say just for instance rap music. You know, when my parents were home, I couldn't listen to you know NWA, you know, while they were in the house. You you know what I'm right. saying? It it was just certain things that they, you know, that our parents, to me, stood for something. And it's almost like we're not standing for that same principle that our parents stood for. That's true. And so we're allowing them, you know, uh, too much freedom. You know, it's almost like we're giving them just enough rope to really, to me, to hang themselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, okay. and then, you know, you have parents who get on the TV and, oh, my, not my baby. Well, when you go back and look at the pictures of what your baby was rep- represented, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. your baby was? Like, your child oh. was, uh, was a gangbanger. He was a yeah, drug dealer. He was a gangbanger. And every picture he has has had his cocked. He's throwing up gang signs. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you, you go to you, his Twitter page or Facebook page, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, so, so yeah. we're allowing them, you know, it's like we're allowing them to live in a lie, and then we're, you know, we're not really preparing them for any, for life. You know, so that that's the biggest difference. We're not, you know, we're not teaching, and then we're not preparing them. Because we're not going to always be around, you know. Exactly. And so, you know, they, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a lot, but it's not a lot to, uh-huh. to teach. If we teach them, you know, you teach them the, the basic survival skills. Because I don't even think children today even really know how to survive. Right, they don't. Because they're not taught anything, so, right. you know. Yeah, I totally understand that they're not prepared for a lot of stuff, you know. Even basic stuff like as simple as, you know, we were sent to the grocery store, we could shop for our parents, uh, we can pay bills. It's little simple, common things that we did they aren't able to do. Yeah. And we were given that responsibility, and our parents trusted us with that responsibility. So, yeah, I do see the difference in that aspect, and there's a lot of immaturity as well. You know, they're smart in school, but when it comes to everyday survival, life things, they don't have that knowledge at all. It's lacking big time. No. Thank you for Go ahead. Go ahead. Last thing. You know, I even with relationships and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we we allow them too much freedom. You know, just I oh, know, just go on and have a good time. And you know, I told I, I was sharing with my daughter. Uh, I said, well, you know, one of the things I think when you start dating too early, you get dumb. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you get dumb. You you lose yeah. you know track of life. And, you know, values, you know, schooling and all of those things. 
And mm-hmm. I told her, I said, you know, you don't you don't need a boyfriend because uh-huh. I think when you get a boyfriend too early, you get mm-hmm. again dumb. <laughs> you know, yeah. your grades fall off. You you know, and those are things that our parents really stood for. You know, so we just you know have to go back to the basics. Absolutely, and thank you for your input. You're welcome. And I'm gonna go, yeah, and stay with us on the line because we're gonna get back to all our callers. I will. Okay, and I'm gonna bring in Brother Black Ice so he can give us his input on the subject on how we're raising our children today versus how we were raised. Brother Ice, are you First on the all, line? First of all, I just want to thank um, you, Londa Love and Cotton, for having this forum. And, uh, you know, it's it's a very needed um, show to talk about different mm-hmm. things that are going on. You're only going to get it live here on POET Radio, the award-winning POET Radio Talk to Me Tuesdays. I want to address a, a few things. Um, I have an 18-year-old son, as most of you all know. My first son um, died at the age of 15. He passed from cancer. Uh, thank God that I didn't lose him to the violence in the streets of Chicago. Nevertheless, I lost him. I don't know if the pain would be any more different. I don't know how it could be worse than it is uh, now. But uh, I, I wanted to say that because, you know, I, I living in Chicago, it was said that we would either be dead or in jail by the age of 21. I wanted a child at 21 purposely because I just figured if if I was going to die, then I at least wanted a child to kind of carry on my name. And I had my child at 21. That was my plan. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. You know, I, I, my, my second child was kind of unexpected, you know. But, again, God knows um, more than we know. Uh, right. So, again, with my first son passing away, you know, I still have a remaining son. He's 18 now. You know where he's at right now? He's yeah. in his room <laughs> right now, <laughs> you know, and and I give him a curfew, you know, and I have to and implement things. And, you know, 18 years old, you know, you don't have a curfew at 18 years old in the city of Chicago, but I have to impose different things on him because if you're not – productive you know what what is it to get into outside yeah right you know and uh society is so flipped up turned upside down and inside out that there's a satanic spirit that has covered our children mm-hmm. it gets into their mind by way of the music when you listen to the music on the popular radio stations it's satanic okay. it's talking about killing it's talking about uh n- not making love but having sex in a way where it's degrading the woman. Mm-hmm. And so these subliminal messages are being pumped into the ears of our children, being pumped into the subconscious of their children. They're repeating lyrics like, I'm in love with the cocoa. I get it for the low, low. Drugs, shooting somebody, mm-hmm. degrading women. All those things are being entered into their spirit, and then when they turn the radio off, they get on Facebook, and they get on and they get on YouTube, and they get on Instagram, and they get on Twitter, and they're being fed the same thing that the radio was feeding them. But now there's no restrictions on social media. 
So now the satanic spirit is uncut. And so if they're not getting positive energy from home, if they're not getting positive energy from school, then that's the dominant spirit that they're walking around with in their body. So if you ever just listen to the conversations of these young people when there there are no adults around, mm-hmm. you would be shocked at the and, and that's how I am with my son. If I'm not around, I just overhear a conversation that him and his friends are having. It's just totally unrepresentative of what his parents stand for. Right. And then there's the element of these casual drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, these children are not just smoking weed, they're smoking loud. My son, too. Mm-hmm. Their spirit yeah. in these drugs. You wonder why these drugs make everybody look the same and make right. everybody act the same. Everybody that's on, uh, on crack and heroin, mm-hmm. what are they doing? They standing up, bending over, falling asleep, standing up, yeah. bending over. You know what I'm saying? They got scabs yeah. on their face from scratching off the skin on their faces. I work at Stroger Hospital. I see these people. They dope sick because when they're in the hospital, they don't have access to the stuff. Right. So now we got the music. We got social media. We got cable TV. And then we got these casual drugs that they smoking. So you wonder why these children are being raised differently. It's not that they're being raised differently. It's that they are different than from what we were when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. These children, most of them are really a spirit. They're not even, you know, every human being moves by a spirit. Most of these children are not even your children no more. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's that's the loud that's the loud that you talking to now. Yeah. That's the that's oh, the yeah. negative rap that you talking to right now because that's their ideology right now. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing about this whole thing of raising children is that how can we combat the negative things yeah. that are being pumped into their spirit every day? And that's the million-dollar question, and that's the answer that we have to try to figure out because, see, the church ain't doing it. They seeing more homosexuals in the church and and more other things going on in the church that is just like the rap music nowadays. It's just God put on top of it and Jesus put on top of it. But they seeing the same game. They seeing the same tricknology. Uh-huh. So you know, so man, we got an uphill battle to fight, man. We got we we got some things that we really need. We can we just need to do a show. What's your solution to the problem? It's not that we raising these children different. We raising them the same way. But when they get outside the house, we can't control what's not in front of us. Mm-hmm. And when my son here at the house, yeah, he gonna be my son the way I raised him. When he's outside that door, I don't know who that child is outside that door. All right. It's a shame to, and it's a shame to say it, but that's the reality of the situation. I'm not going to be one of those parents that say, oh, I know my child ain't out here. Hell yeah, he's doing everything that his peers are doing. Yep. You become a product of your environment and who you hang around. Right. So if you hanging around 
if your daughter is hanging around girls and they fucking everybody, all these little boys out here, your daughter doing it too. Mm-hmm. Don't think that she ain't doing what these other little girls are doing. If your son is out here hanging around with these boys who's smoking loud, guess what? He's smoking it too. Oh, yeah. And a lot of them got Facebook pages that you don't even know about. Type their name on Facebook page and look at some of their pictures. Uh-huh. Type some of their friends' name in on they say on Facebook and go in and look at some of their pictures and see your children with them. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm just, you know, I just have to tell it like it is. I have to put it in the raw. A lot of people want to sugarcoat, but I just can't do that because, again, if – Anybody watches my Facebook page, you just saw me post up. 200 people were killed in Chicago from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Over this holiday weekend, from Friday to Monday, nine people were killed in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. 22 people were killed in the first week of September. When the numbers are looking like that, I'm not surprised that we are given the label of Chirac. Everybody hates the label, but damn, if you're acting like it, how can you blame somebody for calling it that? But it starts all at home. Let's get our own children under control first. And then let's start working on their friends. And then after we work on their friends, let's start taking a group of people to these schools and cuffing them. So... We have a campaign that we need to go on, brothers and sisters who are on this line from Kansas, from Indiana, from northern, northeast Illinois, from Chicago. We have a campaign that we need to go on, and it starts with us. Stop looking for somebody outside of your community to come into your community to make a difference in your community when we right here every day. That's all I got to say, sis. All right. You don't have a piece to share with us this evening? I wrote this piece about my son who passed. Um, it's called Hero. Um, I got custody of him from his mom. His mom began using crack. There's a lot of things that he saw in his mom's house. And uh, I was determined for him not to be another statistic. So this is that piece. Today my son was asked a question by his teacher to draw a picture of his hero. And after thinking for a moment about who made the most De Niro, he drew a picture of me in a mirror. Came home and he posted it on the refrigerator door. And when I saw it, it touched me to the core. I was outdone. There's nothing more than a father wants to hear than admirations from his son. So that night as I tucked him in, I wanted to be crystal clear. So I sincerely whispered in his ear, son, I love you. And yawning with his hands in front of his mouth, he said, Daddy, I love you too. As he laid in front of me, I was touched. It was like a needle had stuck me in my arm and my blood was right in front of me. So I thought to myself, I wonder, does he really know for me what he has done? And does he know that I never could have been a father until he made me one? And that until he was born, I never really knew me. And that I didn't know a damn thing about responsibility until he gave it to me. And that until he was born, my future was kind of dim. But now that he's here, my life has been extended because even when I'm gone, I can live through him. And although me and your moms don't get along, they leaving you and your little brother in the house over night shit alone was dead wrong. Yet he was strong enough to take the time out to take care of his little brother. It's just a shame that 
At 11 years old, he had to play the role of the man of his mom's house. Yet with all these distractions, he struggled to keep his eyes on the prize by dealing with the everyday life of living in a low-income high-rise, not to mention dealing with his mother's addiction to drugs. But I swore in my life that he would never be a statistic or listed as a thug. So when he would come home with me on the weekend, I would help to build his self-esteem. I allowed him to dream and taught him just what it meant to be a strong black king and kept him away from all hurt, harm, and danger. And told my son that, listen, boy, you could be successful living in a low-income home if Jesus was born in a manger. But there was like this deep-rooted anger that reflected in his attitude, which caused some of his teachers to call me at home from school, but they ain't got a clue as to what he's going through now. And until he found a way to channel his anger, it just kept on slowing him down. But I'm proud to announce that he finally got it under control. Not only did he win first place in a school science project, but for the first time in his life, my little 11-year-old made the honor roll. So when I think about all the obstacles, the peer pressure from the other children, all the slanging and banging that he sees in front of his mother's building, the drug problems dealing with his mother, playing the role of the man of his mom's house and taking care of his little brother. And I think about how far he has come. And despite all the obstacles, everything that he has achieved and done, my son may consider me to be his hero. But to me, my hero was my son. Black Ice, that's that piece. That is awesome. Awesome. I'm going to unmute everybody that's still on the line. And everybody um, can give their three seconds of their input on the show. Uh, Starting with Northwest Indiana. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the show and the subject. I believe the show is wonderful and it's something that is well needed. Uh, and it's something that uh, most definitely uh, should be spread abroad and continued. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that uh, if this is a good piece. I, I think it will be very helpful to to our generation and the generation uh, behind us and probably for some of those in front of us, uh, that's, you know, to to get better. You know, it, it, it's, it's all about getting better. Uh, and, yeah, we don't know who our children are when they are away from us, but if the seed is planted right, I believe that, you know, just as it did with us, you know, it, it'll – you know, it'll grow and blossom into something better. Once, but okay. we just need, you know, we just we need more of this, and and not just in our own community, but in every community, you know, every ethnic community, you know. And I'm glad, you know, we speak out about, uh, and and I'm not being racial. Uh, I'm glad we're speaking out about our community, but it's in every community. Uh, with parents, you know, parents don't know how to be parents, but if they were, you know, guided, you know, I'm pretty sure it it will, it'll work. And just to touch on this piece of the church, yeah, the church can't do it because we don't, we don't enforce, we don't bring our children to church. Either do we send them to church. Uh, you know, when we were coming up, we had no, uh, 
we had no uh, choice whether we wanted to go to church or not. And you know, I don't I don't know any church out there that's perfect. But I don't know any home out there that's perfect either. So mm-hmm. you know, if if we want better churches, then I believe we are to uh, start with us by bringing them and those things that are are wrong in the churches, if if we are in place where we need to be, I believe that God can use us and shape us into what he will have us be. And then the church uh, will begin to change after we have changed. But if we're not converted, as Paul said, we can't strengthen anybody. So until we're converted, then the church will continue to be uh, that that place where they're continuing to do as uh, one uh, caller said, what they're doing wrong. So, you know, until we are converted, then, you know, we just, we need to, that's something we need to visit. Absolutely. All right, go ahead. Uh, Waukegan, you still on the line? Yes, I'm still on the line. I was just sitting here thinking, am I the oldest person on the line tonight? Yes, yes, you, you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I can't hear a lot of stuff. You know, Todd, this my, is my mama on the line. Uh, uh, my children know. I've always let them know. My grandchildren, I'm not, no, I'm not the grandmother from Mississippi or Alabama. It's not that nothing's wrong with the South, but I'm Chicago born, bred, and fed. I became mm-hmm. a mother and wife at 17. And mm-hmm. so, you know, my approach with my my family, period, has always been different. And I was listening to our uh, elite poet and listening, you know, to what he was saying. And I, I, I can even remember my grandmother, who was from the South, and one of her biggest things uh, with me about the church was when you see all the faults in the church, then you know what you shouldn't do. And uh-huh. I've lived long enough to see how these changes are coming to be. And I, I'll tell you guys right now, I never thought in all my life that I would hear myself say some of these words. But now I knew I knew how our foreparents felt because of what you see. We actually have lived to see this transition and um, the pain for me with our people I've always loved my people but the pain for me is what we as a people allow Uh, I think the young man what's his name again Black Black Um, Eye he was saying that you know we the parents are responsible. I was listening to how you said, you know, what he what he does with his son, his 18-year-old son is in the house. Yes, because you're responsible for them. And um, if you don't teach certain things, your children will never know. And I think, Cotton, you were saying, because you raise your children and no one could tell you how to raise your children, uh, the biggest part of that, I, I love the fact that many of us had the uh, privilege of growing up in real neighborhoods. You know where the neighborhood was responsible. We just um, celebrated one of our reunions, and many of us can boast of the fact 
that we have been friends for over 60 years. But we grew up in a community where everybody was a parent on our block and in our community. And there were things that, like Black Eyes said, yeah, we would do whatever we could get away with if our parents weren't around. But it was always a parent around. And we had enough respect. Nobody ever said, you are not my mother or my father. So you can't tell me what to do. And we, as a result, grew up differently. Things are different today. I keep hearing people say that the world is the same because the world keeps doing certain things, but things are different. They are different. I remember in the 60s when the vice lords was really bad, and they were cutting up on the west side of Chicago. But, you know, it's going broad now. Gangs and violence is really broad. And I think until we come together as a people, and as all of uh, several of you have said, it starts in the home. It starts with a parent. When you become a parent, you take on a responsibility for life or lives. And too many times I've gone to funerals, been in funerals, where I've seen mothers fall apart about their children, and they knew what their children were doing, and they never did anything to stop it. They never did anything to change what their children were doing. So when Ruru got shot down or cut up or stabbed, and, and, and I'm, you know, just watching this, this whole scenario, of violence with us is painful. It's painful to me. And I thank God, Alanda knows her brother was a part of that whole this brother. But hey, me and God had a pact. And I can tell you here today, he's a man of God. But we're going to have to come together, uh, keep these shows on, keep them on, keep the awareness going. We have a responsibility, and my responsibility don't stop at my house. It stops with every little black boy and girl that I see, young lady, woman. You know, we're going to have to mass ourselves together and come together for the good of our people. And I think... As you know, we keep doing this, keep having these shows, keep talking, keep exploring things. I think you're going to make a, a real impact. I'm glad you guys are doing this. I'm glad that I got curious enough to turn in, tune in today. <laughs> we appreciate it. My husband and I, we really enjoyed it. And yeah. we will be back on and. Listening to you guys again. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Thank you. And we have Illinois and Kansas on the line. Do you all have any input on the topic for today as we get ready to close out? Indeed. uh, I might have said beat the kids before. You know, that was really being infamous. Uh, But if we don't educate (laughs) them, you know, it still starts at home. And, you know, I think we all done said that tonight. And I was one of the ones who used to get the factors of getting that butt whipped. Um, right. And I, I turned out good. 
Um, and I also agree with Black Guys us being entertainers and uh, speakers for the people. We need to uh, start that campaign uh, and try to get out here and reach these communities, these schools, uh, churches, mm-hmm. especially the churches. Um, mm-hmm. But we need to do that, especially for our talents and titles that we carry. Um, and if that's a way to make my mark in life, then I'm all for it. Um, and I love listening to my man Black Ice speaking his knowledge. Um, but that is real talk. And um, we got to be stronger parents uh, than even our parents were because of the way the times have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an absolute mm-hmm. truth. Um, and it makes me, oh, like I said, it really, you know, burns me to the core that we can't do what we got done to us. Mm-hmm. And it was like, right. you know, get out of jail for free card. Now you can't even basically pop your kid in the mouth for using profanity in Walmart. Somebody might actually call the man on you and you'll get arrested before you leave Walmart. So that's, that's terrible. Arrest me, please. Yes. Because I'm going to yeah. get out. Yeah. I'm going to get out. <laughs> it's going to be some I'm just, I'm just saying. Because, and, and that's just the thing. That, that's the thing. That's the thing I was telling Alanda earlier. We can't let the child think that they have any control. I don't care if you do call the police. Right. Then what? Right. What? <laughs> Eight years old, and you're going to tell somebody, my mama beat me, and they got your child in the office. Uh-huh. Uh, it happened uh-huh. with my child in Kansas. Uh, Bring it on. Our homework. Mm. And And they actually uh, sent the state to my house uh, last school year. And they sent the state to my house, and they wanted to observe uh, how my household was ran. Well, when they came in, my son was getting his hair cut. Uh, The lady was like, oh, my goodness, he's so nice. But that's not the point. I raised him with respect. And I had to explain to her I'm not going to abide by your rules in my house Mm -hmm. because my my house, and they have to leave this house. And they're going to represent me to the fullest. And when they don't, Absolutely. I'm going to make sure I step on the doormat. So right. They know I'm, period. That's right. No. But we can only pray when our children leave that they. But not many parents are doing that. I don't know if anybody saw this video circulating on Facebook where the little boy was in the arcade and he was taking balls from the other kids. He was literally threatening to throw one of the balls and hit an adult with it. But he was irate, and nobody could stop him. And this went on for about almost 10 minutes before somebody apprehended the little boy who was probably seven or eight and made him stop walking across the game where other kids were playing and stop taking other kids. And not even, it was 15, 20 adults there, and nobody stopped. Back in the day, had that happened, that little boy would have been whipped four times before he got his little ass home. Then we got whooped again when his mama got to him. Right. Nobody does that anymore. And we and and, and, and people think that it's funny because the person that was videotaping him mm-hmm. was laughing. And I was like, why don't you put the camcorder down and grab that little boy up and make him go sit his little ass down or call his mama or something. Right. Nobody does that anymore. We don't parent anymore because we don't want to get involved with other people's lives because we don't care enough like we used to. Right. I agree. I agree, Cotton. You are 100%. And then, you know, someone's talking about earlier about disciplining the kid and seeing things in their a parent's face that wasn't love. There was a time in my life that I that did not know that. that my mother loved me. But I knew okay. when I had gone the wrong way. Right. 
So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see this uh, go to the church. So what church are you all going to go to first? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all again for letting me come in and talk to you all. And I'm going to try to come back. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Hey, sister. Again, I enjoyed the little that I had. You know what? I admire you because, you know what, like you said, that was the fear that you're getting your children. And because of that fear, that will, that's what causes them to act and react in the manner in which they did, only because of you. And, yes, I said that. I don't. I, there's no way you're going to tell me, whooping on me, that you love me. I know my mother loved me. My parents have been married for almost 67 years. Nothing but love. But I'm sad again. I'm 60 years old. I, that was not love. You cannot tell a 1-year-old or 2-year-old or a 10-year-old that I'm whooping you right. because I love you and you got bruises up and down your back. I understand right. what society is saying. I understand that. Yeah. Yes, I, I see a whole lot of different things. And, you know, Marlon, that's my God brother. I say that's my son, too, because I'll say some things to him because of my love for him. No, I'm not going to hit on right. him. I don't hit on my child. So I'm not hitting on anybody's kid for that particular reason. And you know what? And when, I'm going to say this. I have to disagree with that one point. Just because I might be, know someone who do certain things, mm-hmm. that don't mean that I'm doing the same thing that they're doing. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. If I have to be by myself, I, me and Wanda is some good company together. But, I mean, I had to right. learn that. And I think that that's the thing that a lot of young people are missing, even when it's well, one, 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 of the first, one of the first things one of the first things we learned going to the Kingdom Hall was bad associations spoil your right. useful right. habits. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that we learned. And mm-hmm. again, the influence and the peer pressure on your friends is either you're going to convert them to what you're on mm-hmm. or they're going to convert you mm-hmm. into to, to what they're on. That's if you continue to be around the surroundings. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, but I have if, if, if you If you look at, let me just I say have, this real quick. If you, look, if you look at the nature of a spider, the nature of a spider is to spew a web, first of all. That web represents an environment. And once the insect comes into the web, it comes into the environment of the spider. So once we into a negative environment, then that spider injects that insect with enzymes, which break down the bodily structure of that insect, which allows that insect to be consumed. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't it something how when we're around people that use the word nigger, mm-hmm. sometimes uh-huh. we begin to use the word nigger? <laughs> or if we're yeah. around people that use a profanity, right. it's easier yeah. for us to begin using profanity. And so, you right. know, again, for, 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 for a small percentage of us, we're strong enough to deny the peer pressure. But many of these boys that are out there, Mm -hmm. they're not strong enough to deny, you know, that that peer pressure, you know, because they're looked at as uncool. They're looked at as as a nerd. Right. (laughs) True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. You know, so, and and my son, you know, I I, I know my son, me and his mom broke up. Mm -hmm. And she took him with her. 
And the yeah. the couple of years that he was with her, and I was just seeing him over the weekend. He, uh-huh. like most male children who are who have the dominant parent as the female, they pick up feminine attributes from the female. Oh yeah. And then they begin to be bitchy. Yeah. And to be argue, <laughs> argumentative. Are you like that, man? And and emotion and emotional, and so it's like when somebody oh, yeah. makes them upset, they get real, real, real emotional, and now they combine that emotion with a casual drug called ecstasy, popping pills, which is designed to increase your emotions. So now their yep. anger is amplified times ten. So now they get courage enough to pick up a gun. Oh yeah. You know, it's just crazy, man. You know, as to what we're what we're dealing with. But I'm glad that God got a plan, you know, for man, and that you know, He said that in His Word that He was going to allow some people to be removed from this earth to avoid the evil that is to come. We think that we've seen things now. They finding a baby head over on the west side of Chicago, Garfield Park. They found the foot right. the other day. They found the baby head yesterday, mm-hmm. yeah. two, two years yeah. old. So when you start hearing about these type of things, just think about what's to come. Yeah. The prophets didn't even want to be I here during this about, time. So, and the worst has not come. That's right. Uh-huh. The worst has not come. It's but to answer my brother's and, and you know, answer, and we got a big part in all this, too, because still was the Chronicle says what? Hello, you Bible folks on there. If my people were called by my name. Will what? Humble, Humble themselves and pray and turn and from what? their wicked ways. Seek faith. my faith and then turn from my wicked ways. You know, we we blind or we got Alzheimer's, you know, when it comes to our, what we do. And, and uh, the world is looking at us, like you said earlier, when it comes down to the church. It, because the church has been so magnified, mm-hmm. and and we've fallen so short. So you know that's in God. I believe all of this stuff is a direct challenge to the church, and is orchestrated by God Himself. And and you know what we have to begin to do is change the definition of what church is. Church, church is, is not the building or the four walls. And the church right. are the people. Right. And so when my brother asks what what can we which church are we going to, we got the church right in front of Facebook, that's the church. Exactly. Instagram, that's the church. W World Twitter, Wide that's the Web. Church. What better that's way right. to witness? Right. That's right. So we got to witness and we got to pump positive things up in and let's and let's let's start things. Let's start campaigns. Yeah. Let's come together amongst ourselves and say, what campaign are we going to do this week? What campaign are we going to do next week? I'm willing to be a part of that committee to find out what campaign we're going to do. And if a flyer needs to be put together for that particular campaign, let's do it. As a matter of fact, I'll even suggest one. Okay. Let's do, let's do, let's do 10 acts of random kindness in 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's let's do an act of random kindness campaign. And whenever you start, whether it's this week or next week, that's your first week, and you're going to think of ways where you could do acts of random kindness. And, of course, God is going to send the person to you 
or the situation to you, you will know it when it comes, no matter what it is. It could be you standing in line, and you just say, hey, look, I'm, well, what you get? I'm going to go ahead and take care of that. Just pay it forward. Do that for the next person. Then we begin to start a domino effect. Yeah, you do. And you know, black- you, might, you might see a young person say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? i tell you what, I, let, can I give you $5 to just have a conversation with you? Just a five-minute conversation. I'm going to give you $5 for five minutes of your time. Let me have a conversation with you and deposit some knowledge in that child. You know, it could be anything. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put the flyer together. I don't know whose page you're on, but I'll put it on Londa's and Cotton's page, and they can get it to the rest of you all. Absolutely. It's a great idea. You know, let me just say this to you, too. Something last year, I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer last year, and I decided to go public with it and just, you know, walk through everything I was going through, my foot, spiritual, secular, on Facebook, because the Lord put it in my spirit that many people are faced the challenges in life. And when we as Christians talk about God and what he can do, you know, you pick up Facebook and you see all day long, you know, the downs. But people need to see that God really is is real. How he works. And it doesn't always mean that things will not happen to you. Things do not come into your life. But what do you do when you're faced with it? And I was really surprised at some of the feedback that I got from that. But I thank the Lord because it wasn't me. I thank God for putting it in my spirit to do it. And I met some people that I did not know and was able to, you know, really go through some things with people. As a result of that, there was a young lady that ended up, she had a double mastectomy. And she's much younger than I am. And she was really going through it. But, you know, just watching her, watching her spirit now, and then she'll be able to, like you said, pass it on, play it for with someone else. It's not the... Things don't come into our life. As my husband told me, we don't always get to walk around the valley of the shadow of death. Some days you have to go through it. But what do you do when you're going through it? That's another topic. You write that down, Cotton. <laughs> I, 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 you know I got it because when she said that, I had a whole lot to say. But I said, let me cut it short. We're going to make that another topic. What do you do when you're going through it? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so we got, we got you. We're going to make sure you hear so you can tell us what do you do when you're going through you know, Cotton's got some insight around. People don't get to hear the other side of me too much, but it's a lot that comes with me. Aww, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I appreciate the show, and I appreciate my guys, of course, my co-host, uh, Alonzo of Love, for um, us doing this as a unit. It, it's a great platform. Oh, yeah. 
It is. And tonight turned out to be awesome. You know, I was like, everybody's watching tennis. Ain't nobody going to tune in. It started out just me and Cotton. Then a few people started calling in. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, some people putting their input online. I'm like, call in, but they talking online. <laughs> but, yeah, this turned out to be an awesome topic, you know, something that was very needed for today, you know. And, I was actually, um, uh, uh, depending on what line then, I don't know if Black Ice is still there, but I think there should be a part two to this show because I know we talked about a lot of things, but there's also a, such a thing as going too far with disciplining your child. Yeah. Another um, avenue of that that can sometimes lead in, lead in tragic tragedy. You know, you know, it's a difference in discipline and um, abuse. You know, like I was saying earlier, that there was never time that I didn't know that my mother loved me. And I used to think that uh, my grandmother could whoop you and she didn't have to hit you but a couple of licks. And that took, you know, that suffice. That was worse than getting a beating. Um, But when you start looking at what happens, when that might be another subject altogether, what happens when abuse comes in? You know, because yeah. as uh, Black Eye said earlier, that's another spirit. Oh, yeah. That's a spirit yeah. in its own because what mother or father purposely abused their child? Now, the Bible says that, you know, the rod of correction drives foolishness far from the young. But when you get down to actually abuse and, you know, the things that you see that these babies and children have gone through by the hands of their parents, that's the spirit altogether of a whole other thing. I don't know. Maybe Black Eyes will come up with something on that one. Right. <laughs> I'm still here, guys. I just want you to know I am still here. I'm working on this flyer right now. Oh. <laughs> you heard what we said? <laughs> I know, everybody, yeah. and I just want to say thank you all for coming on to the show. This has definitely been a great, great, great show. Thank you, Black Eyes, for coming on and doing that great piece. Um, I think we all can definitely have, we all have a story, we all have something that we've been through with, with regards to a lot of topics and topics. The words and torture and a lot of love, we're going to bring it to you on POET Radio. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we got you. So if you have any topics that you'd like to talk about, that you'd like to discuss, you can inbox myself. Black Eyes or Londa with those topics, and we we more than well, you know, we more than welcome those. Yeah, I'm getting some topics now. <laughs> There's people sending me messages now, but yeah, we definitely might have to do a part two. And I know quite a few people that work with young people who mentor them. And they are really serious about it. It's like he said, it's like you got a campaign for it. They really are putting their lives on the front line to the point where they get death threats, threats from parents. But these people are actually looking out for somebody else's child as well as their own. And they're serious about it. So, yeah, we definitely agree. The part two would be a great idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, Cotton, you going to close us out? Everybody for tuning in to Talk to Me Tuesdays, POET Radio with Cotton, the softest voice in poetry, Bond Love, and your CEO, Black Eyes. Thanks for tuning in. Go ahead. Let me see. Let me say this before everybody hang up, please. Um, we're we're having a um, a concert, a fundraising concert, September the 26th in Chicago. If you can't make it, you can still donate towards the concert. Every year in my son's name, the one who passed from cancer, we do a scholarship fundraiser in his name, and all the proceeds goes towards a senior in high school at the at the at the um, high school in which he graduated from. Er- I mean, I'm sorry, which the high school in which he attended, Urban Prep High School, which is in the Inglewood community, and that's one of the one of the most dangerous dangerous communities in the United States of America. It's in the top twenty, and they have a hundred percent graduation rate every year, and all of their students are accepted into a four year college. But many of them can't afford the books and can't afford to get there. That's where the scholarship comes in. Handy at. Uh, we have a GoFundMe page, Tyrone Hawthorne Scholarship uh, Fund, and um, again, the concert will be here in Chicago Saturday, September the 26th. I would love to see all of you all present. If you know someone who's battling cancer or going through cancer, we are opening this concert up and allowing people to use this concert as a fundraiser to help pay bills of people who are going through also as well. So we are willing to give you a block of tickets and give you $10 off of every ticket you sell to go towards your fundraising charity also as well. So um, everyone, if you can, please support. I don't care if the donation is $5, $10, 15 20 If you can't attend, if you can attend, tickets are $20, $30 for VIP, which includes dinner. Dinner is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is great. All right, uh, Black Ice, you gonna close us out now since you came back with your uh, announcement? Oh, that was it, and the fly and the flyer is done. So I'll share it with both of you all, and you can get it out to everybody that's on the line. Okay. All right, Thanks, everybody. All right, everybody, have a great evening. Thanks again once for tuning in, and meet us back here in two weeks. 8.30 Central Standard Time. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, Cotton. Good night, Londa. Good night. Good night, Londa, Londa, Cotton. Hey, guys. John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Roo, roo. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night.
اِنشاء اللہ